Welcome to episode 1.12 of The Siblist. I forgot the tagline. Four lists. Four lists. Two siblings. Nope. Oh, I got it now. Okay. Welcome oh, to The Siblist. Two siblings, four lists, one podcast. What could go wrong? Except Other than the tagline. The tagline. <laughs> <laughs> and having to record that more than once. Uh, I'll look behind the curtain, if you will. Uh-huh. Welcome back. Today, we are tackling a film from my list of doom. This is 2003's Kill Bill Volume 1 by director Quentin Tarantino, starring Uma Thurman and Vivica Fox and Daryl Hannah and Lucy Liu, a small little bit part by the amazing Michael Madsen, among others. Mm-hmm. So Mark was pretty excited to talk about this. Such a good movie. How many times have you seen this? Like, is this a Ooh. lot of times or what? At least 10. Really? Love this movie. Okay. So good. Just is so enjoyable. Like, I don't know. I, I, before you even ask, oh, Mark, what did you like about it? I just, all of it. Like, I love, I love the cinematography of it. It's a beautiful movie, especially in a lot it of It really points. is. But it just, it's just, I think it's fun. As brutal as it is, it's just a fun movie. I I don't know. I just I just love this movie. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hate it. Mm, I'm not as blown away by it as everyone else is. Um, that's fair. And I think simply for the reason why I didn't want to see it in the first place, I don't mm-hmm. like martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. This is a really good martial arts movie. <laughs> there you go. I take so, that as a win. That's a win. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad movie by any stretch. Um, there were times when I wanted my fast forward button. Um, you know, I don't that whole sequence where the bride is taking out all of the uh, the 88. Are they called? Um, yeah. You know, that's fine. But it was just kind of like, all right, what else you got? No, no, no. You can't fast forward that. That's a great. I scene. didn't. I didn't. Okay, I watched you can't. Through. You can't want to fast forward through that. That's just a good scene. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did. We have another cameo uh, by the floof. Forgive me. Um, you know, I what I really liked about it um, were the characters. I'm telling you, this stupid cat. <laughs> and for no good reason. He's trying to get out the front door. Um, I just can't. What I really, really liked about it were the varying characters. I really liked the assassins group, the group of women. Um, I loved Lucy Liu. Um, she is absolutely the highlight of this film in its entirety. Um, and certainly, you know, because of that finale and that whole sequence where she and the bride are battling each other. Um, I really liked Daryl Hannah in this quite a hmm. bit. Um, Vivica Fox was good. It was a way to introduce things, but she wasn't my favorite. Um, but I mean, it was, it was good. It was, you're right. The cinematography is great. There are a couple of fun homages in here to a number of different kinds of styles of film. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is enjoyable to watch. I, you know, like any other Tarantino movie, the soundtrack is fantastic. And, um, you know, there's a but, lot of thought to what's going on in this movie. By the way, the soundtrack is 
literally no new songs. He has used every, every single song in this um, are, th- th- they're not new. He either used them in movies before or they're covers. Yeah, they've been in different movies before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which was really entertaining because, you know, Daryl Hannah is walking down the hallway of the hospital dressed as a as a nurse and she starts whistling that tune and my ears perk up. I'm like, I know this. Um, <laughs> not from what I should have known it from. So this is the theme to Twisted Nerve. And the, the score was done by Bernard Herman, who is the classic of classic composers scored all of, if not all most of Hitchcock's films. So this is a name I know and know well, Hmm. I don't know twisted nerve, the movie. I have to go see this. I haven't seen this movie. Yeah. You heard that right too. I saw the, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I don't understand what's going on. Um, (laughs) I haven't seen twisted nerve. I haven't seen kill bill before. So this whistling starts coming up. You know what I know that from? American Horror Story. I was like, oh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I heard it and I was like, why, why this? And so I looked it up and it was like, oh, I get it. Okay. So that little theme has shown up in a bunch of places, but most people know it from this, if mm-hmm. not the original film. Um, so here's me coming into it and recognizing it in the film. Most people know. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's that? I know it because it's shown up a whole bunch of times in American Horror Story. Um, can't tell you when, ah, but... Took my question away. I know how you like to pay close attention to the music and the score in films. Was um, there music in this movie? Yeah, shut up. So, you know, this popped up and I was just kind of like, what? But, yeah, I can't tell you for sure. It's come up a number of times. I want to say, and again, being American Horror Story, I can't tell you which one. The killer would whistle it. Which killer, which season? Don't remember. So I can't really? actually. No, I can't remember. And that's really surprising to me because, again, it's how much I love this movie. And I actually have paid attention to the soundtrack. There are some songs in this movie that I have put on playlists because I just think they're so amazing. Um, I, I'm surprised I never drew that connection uh, in AHS because I've seen all the AHS seasons. Actually, except for the most recent two, but. Or one. I think it's only one, but it's split. It's like a Whatever. split story. I yeah. haven't finished it. Um, I just did a little Google, and it says that it's in season one when oh. um, we're meeting Tate. So that makes sense because I have seen the first season, not necessarily fully twice, but I did see um, some of those episodes more than once. So that would make sense as to why that stuck for me. But – I mean, it's obviously a very pointed melody. It's going to be something that sticks. I was whistling it when I was setting up my laptop in the room. Well, look at you, you weirdo. I'm just saying. I th- hey, why does that make me <laughs> weird? You just said it's a very know. noticeable, it's, it's poignant so much- song, and it's in my head. It's. I mean, it's- these are not exactly like fluffy characters, so. No, I know, but it's not like I could whistle the theme of when uh, Oren and her... Uh, her bodyguards and such are walking to the the little sitting room in the house the house of blue leaves at the top of that that guitar or whatever it was like it's not like I can whistle that so the I whistle that. song no 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 um I can't think of it it's like it's it's, it's the slow motion when they're walk right before you oh. listen to the five six seven eight oh yeah 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 the um yeah. 
oh god, I can't I can't remember what that's called either. Um, yes, I, that's very that's another very well known. It's a very um, awesome song. Song definitely. That um, one that one has made a playlist or two of mine. Oh yeah, that's a very cool song. Yeah, I would have burned it on a CD in the nineties. <laughs> a damn nerd. Um. It's called Battle Without Honor or Humanity. That's the one. Yes. Oh, it's such a good song. That's a very I wish good this song. Was our, like, if our opening theme wasn't already awesome, I would say let's make this one if we could. Our theme is pretty awesome. It is pretty amazing. Our theme is pretty darn awesome. <clears throat> yeah, that's a good song. Um, yes. And we don't have to pay royalties for our song because it's a royal that's fair. song. That's fair. So, That's very fair. Anyway. I think so. And our song is very cool. It's called Epic Cinematic Adventure. <laughs> very, very fitting. Yes. We are That's... an epic cinematic adventure here at The Siblist. We're something, all right. <laughs> that is very true. Okay. What are your thoughts on, like, what are your favorite parts of this film? Take out the finale. Take out the finale? Yes. You cannot have... The battle between the bride and Oren. Because it's such a beautiful scene. Like that, so that's we'll that's talk about that that's, moment. That's literally my number one scene. That scene is gorgeous. Well, I um, have taken it out. You can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, scenes that I lo- what do I love about this movie? God, um, I do like as short lived as it was. Uh, the scene with Vivica A. Fox. Uh, they're fighting and all of a sudden the daughter comes in and they're just acting like nothing's going on, throw the knives behind. They're covered in blood. Yes. But they're playing it off like the damn dog got into everything and just ran ran amok or whatever it was. Broke like, all the glass. Oh my that god. That dog of yours. There's just there's some funny thing. Oh, I'm gonna another scene that I love is when she goes out to Okinawa and she goes into um the the restaurant or whatever whatever it is and starts talking to uh hanzo don't know him as hanzo just yet obviously and she's pretending to not know uh japanese and she's definitely so, playing up like the dopey oh, yeah. american blonde amazing so she's they're talking they're talking and then his assistant comes in and they're arguing back and forth super funny and there's this one part that they both repeat the word understand after what if they said. And it's just so funny to me. I don't know why. Like, no, the she doesn't understand. 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 <laughs> is what This is like Will Ferrell getting stuck on the word black for you. Yes. No, no, it's it's more so just I don't I don't know. I found it funny. You asked me a question. Don't 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 ask me questions if you don't want the answers. I guess that's fair. What about you? So what thanks. This you? has been the simplest. And <laughs> what about what about you? What did you like? Because what you said that this was better than you thought. Not that it was amazing. It wasn't one of your favorites, but you enjoyed it. What did you enjoy? Well, so I'm not going to say it was better than I thought. I didn't think it was bad. I knew it was a martial arts movie, and I had no interest in those films. Um, it's very Tarantino. It's very over the top with the bloodiness. Um, and it's ironic that I would say this, I think, but I, I was just kind of like, 
at first the blood spraying everywhere was like, okay, yep, this is fine. All right. But blah, blah, blah. after like the 40th guy spraying, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of getting, let's go. Like, so of. I don't have much, um, background in, you know, old oh, 60s, 70s Kung Fu and stuff. Yes. And that's what I figured. I yeah. know that Absolutely the scene not. where I know that when they go to black and white from color, it's yeah. again an homage to the seventies and eighties. I know that uh, um, why can't I think on of some the... of your backgrounds for that? The black and white stuff was because the censors were too nervous about how much right. blood there censors, was. Right, censors. That's the word I want. I for some reason I couldn't think of uh, the association that these censors yeah, words are part are hard. of. But, um, okay. Do you want to t- give me a word for beloved? Listen. Jerk. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I knew it was just to again to lessen the actual blood spray. Yeah. Um, they you know that they said between the two movies, between this one and this and uh, this one and the second one, that there was over 400 gallons of fake blood used. Yeah. Well, with this kind of film, I mean, you've got limbs flying off. <laughs> you need to show the violence of it. I mean, the fact that they're covered in blood after each battle. I mean, I get it. You know, I'm a horror <laughs> fan. This is the kind of thing I watch. But I do think that, you know, it, it's I kind of wanted the I don't I don't say a plot because it's not really what I'm looking for here. I just wanted the action to keep going mm-hmm. after watching her dispatch with the first set of bodyguards and then like the motorcycles rev. And I did kind of like the way Tarantino uses the space. I liked very much, you know, the the circular motion of the camera and the movement of how you're seeing what's going on in the sequence. But it's like, okay, you know, 80 some odd guys, it just, Mm. it got to be too much. I'm just like, get the hell on with it. Um, What I did like was when they had little features. So, you know, for example, the guy that she battled while they were balancing on the railing on the second level, I thought that was cool. I love Go-Go. Yes, Go-Go is awesome. What did you think about telling her background in anime form? Oh, I loved that. I I figured you would. Spectacular. Uh Oh, I was surprised it went as long as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really liked studying the animation of that. Um, and it's just such oh. a really cool craft. Go ahead. For the record, I just realized this. Everybody listening, yeah, I'm stupid. That's the background of uh, Oren Ishii, not Gogo. That's my mistake. I acknowledge that. That was that was. Her I figured you just changed Go-Go's. topics and like. Nope, nope. My apologies. I was that was that was attached to Gogo. I I got it. Continue. All right, so am I talking about Go-Go or am I talking about Oren's background? We're still on Go-Go. We're still oh, so on you Go-Go. want me to go back now? You know, I want you to go-go back, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> you can sit there in your stupid joke and stew on it. Okay. I am proud of myself. So, yes, I liked Go-Go very much. Um, I just liked her look. I liked the her facial expression. I liked that stone face kind of downward, you know, chin upward glance of the eyes where you just know that if she comes near you, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that. See, she's a 17 year old in the, the school uniform because that actress was in battle Royale. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool to see her come back here and be swinging that, 
whatever the heck it is. Um, people who know weapons is going to know what that thing is called, and I'm not going to know what it's called. But the 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 slicey ball I, on a chain. I just thought it was a, just a, a mace. I just thought it was some kind of mace. Yeah, that's fair. Mace is fair. It's, mm. I, it's not a word that was coming to me. Like I said, words are hard today. You're good. Uh, I'm pretty sure T- Tarantino watched Battle Royale and yes. then made sure saw her in it and said, "I I need that." Yes, which I believe. Um. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I'm not trying to reveal some major. No, no, no spoiler. Um, But I I was happy to hear that because I was like, all right, cool. Like, I see what you got going on here because that's a badass movie. Um, And it's unnerving to see kids killing each other. You know, we have Battle (laughs) Royale, which is very upsetting. And then we have the Hunger Games, which apparently is not upsetting to people. But that's a whole other topic. Um, So, yeah, to move back to Oren. I just found it interesting the way the story builds to her, even though she was the first one on the list. Um, And so I do see that as kind of a a criticism to the way the book, the book, the movie is structured Um, to start with number two on the list. Mm -hmm. And then we jump back and then we're dealing with number three three on the list like it was like it was very jumpy and i understand it's episodic i understand this is kind of like you know each chapter in her journey and that's fine but if oren is the first one on the list and theoretically you know she's moving through these journeys to catch people and to track people down you know the daryl hannah character uh l driver is the first one she takes out and then she takes out Vivica Fox's character and then she goes after Ulran but that's not the way they're listed on this list that she's got in her notebook we don't even get to Michael Madsen yet I mean understand volume two um but it just that was a little jarring I can see why that might be a criticism that people have for me it's not a huge deal I can adjust but I do Mm -hmm. see it as something that probably could have been worked out in a better way um did you have any thoughts um, on any of that? I, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I've never given too much thought about that. Um, I, here I am, the English teacher. I'm going to give thought to it. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, I I don't know. I don't know why it would be like that. I don't want to say um, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, maybe Vivica's, Vivica Fox's role was supposed to be smaller than um, – than Lucy Luce, or maybe the background of uh, Vernica Green just wasn't as um, vivid <laughs> or um, in depth as Oren Ishii's could have been, or was, or mm. I don't know. Maybe he didn't have a story for her, but wanted to include her. So, you know, we're going to start with this scene uh, at the home. You know, she's a housewife married to a doctor. You know, she's moved on mm-hmm. to basically giving up the past versus Oren, who still embraced who she was, and L Driver, who's clearly embraced who she still is. Uh, maybe it's just one of those things like, hey, you know, you're moving on, but you're not moving on. A quick, quick kind of thing. He wanted to do the whole thing with the daughter of, you know, I didn't mean to do this in front of you, um, but... If you when you grow up and you still want to come find me, I'll be waiting. Mm-hmm. Just a quick, quick little thing he wanted to get in, but he didn't want to take up much of the movie. So he's like, let's get it out of the way and then go back. I don't know. I'm not Quentin Tarantino as much as I wish I was. Um, I mean, it's, it's a, a good, good question. 
it's a good way to set up what's happening and kind of throw everything into chaos right from the get-go, which Tarantino is definitely good for. Um, so I guess that works. And I guess, you know, it, it allows the increase of intensity around the individual assassins. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's a confusing, disastrous mess. Um, right. The jumping around was a little eh for me, but not anything I couldn't follow. Yeah, it's um, not like it really completely destroyed the film. Well, it was kind of like, not. huh, I wonder why he started with her instead of, you know, whatever. It actually makes me wonder, and it's something that could be out there, but, you know, I can see some people not being crazy about the narrative structure of this. And, you know, the people who... You know, some it's an artier film, I think, than some slapdash action films can be. So I don't know. It's just something I can't really reconcile. It's not a big deal. It's just yeah. something I noticed and thought about. I was like, oh, all right, we're going to jump here now. OK, we're going to go back to that. Um, you know, I do like the anime flashback for Oren's background very much. Not go, um, go. <laughs> I loved the close ups of mm -hmm. these women's faces because especially in a film like this where it's gritty and violent and disturbing, you have a lot of these beauty shots mm -hmm. of you get extreme close-ups of these gorgeous women. I mean, Lucy Liu is beautiful to look at. Mm -hmm. Uma Thurman is um, a very beautiful woman, you know, somewhat unconventional with her eye shape and that sort of thing, but very beautiful. Vivica Fox, mm -hmm. Daryl Hannah is looking good in this thing. Um <laughs> I love her coat. I love the stitching or the drawing on of the belt and the details for a trench coat where it's not an actual trench coat. I mm -hmm. liked that quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to like list one thing after another of what I did enjoy about it. Um, I mean, was there a scene other than the end that you really latched onto. So you know what I appreciated? When she goes to get out of bed at the hospital mm -hmm. and she's been in a coma for four years, most other films are going to have her leap out of bed, take people down and run out of the hospital. Her leg muscles are so atrophied. She tries to stand up and hits the deck. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was outstanding. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is exactly what it should be. And you do get the fast forward of, you know, 13 hours later, she can now walk and everything is fine again, which that would not be realistic. But who cares? Because we did already spend enough time uh, with her in the backseat of the pussy wagon. Yeah. Um, you know, wiggle your big toe, wiggle your big toe. So I thought that was kind of fun. I mm -hmm. did like that somebody paid attention to that and they did spend some time looking at the fact that no, your legs are not going to work. Not after four <laughs> years of this, there's no way in hell. Um, you know, give it a couple of weeks and your legs aren't going to work like that. So I really did like that quite a bit. Um, I mean, maybe it's just a, a sign of her strength. I mean, she survived the bullet to the head. Now she's recovering so quickly from this. Maybe it's just a quick nod to the bride's strength. I don't know. I I mean, I guess it's also, you know, Tarantino giving you the, yeah, I know mm -hmm. this isn't going to work. And now we're going to go back into our crazy movie. Well, we need to speed this up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, he wanted the quick little, the little joke of, okay, hard part's done. Because her toe oh, is wiggling. Of so. course, you know, mm -hmm. a few moments later. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, moving on from there. I laughed at the fact that, you know, she's got her samurai sword with her on the plane. <laughs> I think that it, obviously that's not a real thing. Oh, of course but not. It's but definitely I laugh a quick, at it. it's, yeah, it's definitely just another I quick I laugh knowledge. at it. I laugh at the fact that you can see hers to her left and somebody else's on the plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the shot. So this all right. That is, really, cool. that is funny. Yep, that is really funny. So just another little nod to the tr- the Japanese tradition, I guess. Not flying on planes with samurai yeah, swords. Samurai swords. But just yeah, you point. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I've never been with Japan. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works for you, my friend. Absolutely. Um, I really loved the color. I liked the way everything kind of. Uh, stood out you know you've got these especially with the ending in the beautiful snow and you've got um, Oren in her white costume and you know the dark hair and you've got the bride in that bright yellow Um, you've got the pops of a bright white on L Driver you've got the the you know blood red lipstick um, mm-hmm. I really liked that just the look of it is very good. And the look of it with the the technicolor sort of style of these old martial arts films, you know, the fact that they could show it to you in color. So they were going to make sure things stood out. Um, I thought that was all really good. What have we not talked about? I feel like we're only a half hour in. We can't be done. No, no. What I, it's I feel like this movie is. um it's it's almost mm, I don't really know how to explain. It. I want to say something like it's a storyline without a story kind of thing. And that, you know what? Tough. That's true. There's it's, no plot. It's she's just going through it's and she's vengeance. getting a revenge, yeah. and it's a lot of mm-hmm. violence and sword play and, and that kind of so stuff. So I it, it's I think it's fair that it's kind of difficult to focus on what we can discuss. We've also eliminated like we can't talk about the end scene just yet. Like we haven't done that yet. Well, let's do that uh, now. So okay. So first, you mentioned uh, her yellow outfit. Obviously, that's an homage to Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee's last movie is called Game of Death. He wore a very similar outfit, the yellow with the black stripes. So that was done on purpose. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you paid attention to this because you said you wanted to fast forward through it. I don't know the exact <laughs> time stamps on it, but there are not one, but two Wilhelm screams in that. Oh, scene. I did pick up on both of them. <laughs> oh, my Absolutely. One of your favorite I things in in modern heard. cinema. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, so I heard the first one and I chuckled because it's funny how long he waits to finally drop one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, there it is. And then it comes. Then another one shows up, and I was like, all right, I see you, Quentin. Yep. So very entertaining. And probably, and I don't know why this is one of my favorite things of a movie. This movie. Um, but and I'm sure not the only one that counts on their fingers when people give a time frame in a show or a movie like, all right, oh, let's yes. see how true the life is. Yes. You know where I'm getting it. What I I'm getting know at where here. you're going. Yes. When Oren and the bride are facing off and Oren, Oren, well, the face to face. Oren says, I hope you saved your energy. If you haven't, you may not last five minutes. Yep. From the moment she slips her sandals off, steps into the snow, and that that clapping music starts, that she takes a step. From then to when Oren gets uh, scalped, scalped, four minutes and 59 seconds. Yep. Unbelievably awesome. I love that. I love that bit of trivia. So good. Well, wait, is it 4.59 or is that the one that's 5.30? 
Nope. So five. So five thirty. Thirty seconds more than five minutes. So five thirty is uh, from the second she says that. Once she says it, okay. to then when she loses her scalp. But it's thirty seconds, thirty-one seconds after she says it of when the music starts and they start to fight. Got it. Okay. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, at any time, you're right. Somebody says something like that, and you've got a director who's so detail-oriented, you have to pay attention. (laughs) Correct, yeah, I love that bit of trivia. That's that's probably my favorite part of this movie. It's how accurate that is. Again, the scene is is beautiful. Even the, the, the pause, and the only thing you hear is that water fountain, and then pop back up to go to dunk, dunk sound. Um, just that whole scene is gorgeous. Definitely. And I mean, you've got, like you said, these various homages that are coming up and just the the beauty of Asian cinema in general and just, you know, whether it is the choreography of a martial arts film or it is something more artistic and, you know, just beautiful camera work and beautiful scenery and just the whole nine, you know, like just being able to take in the setting of wherever it is that's going on and using it to its full potential. And I think that definitely comes up here, you know, and I mean, I have to admit, I don't know a lot about it because it's not my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've seen of the ones I've seen, I definitely recognize where these things are coming from. And, you know, I can see the patterns there and. Um, I love all of that. You know, I love the the proprietors of the House of Blue Leaves, you know, like she's running <laughs> after him and, you know, you have to give them what they want and, you know, they're going to cause trouble. And then all of these people are lying around on the floor after the bride has dispatched with them and she comes running in. And it's like, ah, Screaming. you like, really think she's going to fall like, please slip in the blood because that'd oh, be hilarious. Yeah, she never she's does. She's got that long shot and she's, mm-hmm. I mean, the camera's way upstairs and she's downstairs and you get that beautiful glass floor and you just, you're waiting for it. But the other side of it is you start looking at it and thinking, okay, like, oh my God, there's going to be some chaos to clean up when all Speaking is said and done, you know? Speaking of so, chaos. Yes, we have a cat cam. Um, so, and... Another thing when this so when this movie came up on the dial on the wheel uh, as our next movie, the very first thing I thought of. So I know you, obviously, I've known you for almost 40 years um, and I know your love again of film and all this stuff in cinematography. Break down that one long uh, shot for me in the House of Blue Leaves. How did you feel during that? Oh, it's it, also when you watch a film and you catch a tracking shot like that, mm-hmm. those long cuts, um, you're kind of like partway into it before you go, wait a minute, there's a lot. This hasn't, this hasn't <laughs> Hang stopped <on>. yet. <laughs> rewind. So I did. I had to stop it and rewind <clears throat> and bring it back. And I just, you know, Tarantino does love his long shots, he, uh, his uh, tracking shots. Um, and there is something really great to that. You know, there is a craft to that. There is a certain choreography to that. Everybody has to be in the right place. Everybody's timing has to be pristine because otherwise you have to reset and do the whole damn thing over again. Um, One of my favorites is from the first season of True Detective. Um, There is a remarkable tracking shot in that film where... Uh, McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are, no, it's McConaughey. It's just him. 
um, going through this project area um, where a drug bust is going to happen or where a drug deal is going to happen. It goes really wrong. I don't remember all the details of what is actually happening in it, but it goes wrong. And so he's undercover. He's trying not to get found out. And this camera follows him in and out of rooms, in and out of houses, backyards, up and over a fence. It is incredible. So if you watch that and you watch a scene like this, you know, I mean, go back to one of the prototypes, you know, you go to Orson Welles' Touch of Evil and you look at some of the ground that needs to get covered. This is where people don't understand, or I guess some people do once you start looking for it, but people who look at film and think, ah, it's just, you know, people are running around with a camera. It's so much more than that. You have to plan out these shots. You have to plan out where the camera is going to be, what it's going to look like, what the lighting needs to be for the various uh, points of view it's going to take. It's just, it's so good, mm-hmm. you know? So when that happens, I am pr- practically apt to wait, pause, rewind. I and that's, and that's why I instantly thought of you when this movie came up. I'm like, I can't wait to hear what she thinks about this. So IMDB trivia states that this particular shot, um, took six hours to rehearse. I believe it was shot it. 17 takes to the mm-hmm. point where Steadicam operator, Larry McConkie, was rumored to have passed out from sheer exhaustion after it it was finally done. It's crazy, crazy. Well, because, I mean, he's the guy walking around, you know? He's got the camera apparatus strapped Mm -hmm. to him. He's going to have that thing on. And just over and over and over and over again. I don't blame him. trying to keep it as smooth as possible. Yeah, but it it came out really great, Mr. Tarantino. When you listen to this podcast, it was was great. Yes, because I I can guarantee you Tarantino is definitely one of the 16 or 17 people (laughs) who listens to The Sib List. Mm Mm-hmm. Each well, eight, eight, 18 now that now the mom's no, no. listening. 16 or 17. I do not oh. think we've actually gotten to 18 yet. Oh, okay. Well, all right then. So, I mean, what can you do? How about the the quick little, um, at the end of uh, the battle against the 88s, it seemed like assassin number 88 was just like this 12-year-old kid with a shaking little sword. Oh, my God. She actually spanks him like... I feel yeah. like that was his attempt to just kind of bring some light into such a, a violent scene. Yeah, I thought that was dumb. Yeah, I thought I I thought I think it's dumb. I've always thought it was dumb. She spanks him and tells him to go home to his mother. It's like mm, yeah, and okay. the guy's like yeah, no. After I mean, all the beautiful cinematography, the blue room with the silhouettes fighting, and that's it. And then all of a sudden, it's just this little kid. I like, mean. Oh. You know, Tarantino's a 12-year-old like the most of us, so. (laughs) She doesn't mean that, Mr. Tarantino. Please stop. Don't stop listening. I think Tarantino would absolutely (laughs) cop to being a 12-year-old at heart. Then she does. Look at the movies he makes. You know, Uh this is a guy who loves to sit on the couch and watch a movie. That's Mm. every 12-year-old. That's fair. You know? That's fair. So, all in all, what do you think? Give Give me just a general five words. What did you think? I count six, you're in trouble. Um, uh, and the do not count as words, as you know. <laughs> well, I was gonna make it work. <laughs> I'll let you okay, you can use them. I'm just saying if you wanted to go seven and two of them are so, on the my gut reaction, but it's not gonna come across properly. Great movie, won't watch again. Really? Um, but when I say won't watch again, I don't need to. I've got it, I enjoyed it, it's good, I don't need to see it again. Does this make you want to watch volume two? Not really. Interesting. Okay. And that's fair. 
That's fair. I mean, um, I'll go on record as saying the this. first one is the first one is better than the second one. I will go on record as saying that, even yeah. though they were written together and he had to split it up for runtime. Um, but still, like two two is good. I do like two, but one is is still better. As yeah. always, as as it is with sequels, usually. And you know, speaking of runtime, I actually thought that this had a pretty good runtime. It wasn't it, just crazy under two long. hours, I think. Yeah, I just, think like under. just under. Two. It yeah. felt okay. Like I said, the only time I really was like, okay, get on with it, was the battle with the eighty-eight. You know, mm-hmm. um, which would be a really good scene, in my opinion, to go hit the bathroom. You know, so I wonder if oh. Rocky would have put oh. this sequence no as a possibility. No way. That's such a good scene. I mean, I loved every second of it. I don't care. I can't get enough of it. I don't know. And I don't, and I don't, okay. Anybody's curious. I have barely any old Kung Fu or martial arts movie under my belt. I have more than my sister does, but not many. Um, It was just a good scene. I just enjoyed it. I wasn't looking for the nostalgia of that scene. I was looking just for the sheer fun of that scene. Unfortunately, Run P does not have P times for Kill Bill. I just yeah, tried to look it up. Because you're not supposed to get up and miss any of it. Well, that's a good point. But mm-hmm. our, our trusted friends at Run P and their amazing app that has the timer. You set the timer once the movie begins. And it'll let you know when you can get up in the theater and go use the bathroom. No Run like P I times. Think- no P times for Kill Bill. I feel like I could think of a couple P times for Kill Bill 2, though, so that should tell you something. Well, that's good. So as long as you can make it through the first two hours with Kill Bill Volume 1, if you make it into Kill Bill Volume 2, then there'll be some P times that you can get up and go then. If you decide to run a, an unstoppable marathon instead of doing what a normal person would doing and literally in between films, go pee. But whatever. Well, that's I just, mean, I guess you could, but who does that more? Who, who, who on earth? I mean, whew. When you do the Star Wars epic, who has time to pee? Nobody. Star Wars, forget it. You got to watch the full-on <laughs> epic uh, Lord of the Rings special uh, the extended editions. version. I you mean, still that's... have my two towers, by the way. Yeah, you're not getting that back. I have figured that. Yeah, it's fine. You told I, me I, I could keep it. Yeah, because you teach it in your class. That's fine. You... It's not like it's not like I'm. Achy. Is it even DVD? Is it DVD? I think it's, it's DVD. DVD anyway. Yeah, yeah so I don't care. I'm I'm my nose is way high in the air to even want that back. Snob. <laughs> Such a snob. There's nothing wrong Absolutely. with DVD. Nothing oh wrong God. with old style media. I have a working VCR still connected to my TV. Oh my god. I believe that cuz you probably still have your clamshell Disney movies and you probably have all of, Yeah, I knew it. I knew it, and you pr- you probably have all those things. Probably down in the basement, actually, because I remember for some reason that why do I remember? No, I a, went through that box. I went through that box. We cleaned. But there that was out. like a like a gigantic Tupperware box or yes. something full. Okay, I'm not out of yes. my mind. No, that's still around. Yes, uh, but a lot of those got cleaned out, so it's only certain ones. So specifically, mm-hmm. one of the main reasons is Empire Records because the Empire oh. Records VHS film is different than the version of the film you get on DVD. I feel like we talked about this in an earlier episode. Okay, like this is ringing a lot of bells. I'm like, yes. th- I think we've discussed this. Yeah. This is ringing a lot of warning bells that I'm going way off topic. So we should get back <laughs> to what we're I doing mean, here. Yeah. How did we get here? I don't know. I blame you. Anyway, that's fair. That's fair. Ever wonder the real story behind Christmas? How about the history of video games, which almost became non existent in the early 80s? 
Dr. Seuss, who was a World War II cartoon propagandist. Toilets, for which you could literally think a dude named Crapper. And the U.S. political system, which may or may not be the same thing. Infoblast has you covered with quick looks into interesting histories of, well, anything or anyone. I'm Nick Job. I'm Rob Branch. And you should learn some interesting history along with us. So, to that end, I think that it's time that we bring up the wheel. I'm glad that we finally got to talk about the final scene of that movie. We um, did. I hope you watch Kill Bill Volume 2 one day. I, I don't. I know you, you're not one to just bring something out of, out of boredom, because usually you have a list for your list for your lists. Oh, I got all kinds which, of things I need to Yeah, do. so I, I hope you catch it one day. I really do. It would be nice. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. I mean, what? at one point I will. I don't mm-hmm. know when that's going to be. I mean, it was almost 20 years, was, you know, 18 and a half before I saw uh, Kill Bill Volume 1. So maybe by the time I'm 60, I'll be interested in checking out Kill Bill Volume 2. Maybe. All right. Are we ready? Oh, we're ready. Wheel? I'm ready. I can't right. say we. I don't want to speak for you here. Let's spin the wheel. Okay. <laughs> well, Lisa's list of doom came up again. I was just Ooh. editing the Bridesmaids episode in which I said that we are caught in a loop of doom. Mm-hmm. And we are stuck in the loop of doom. So we are going back to my list of doom, which worries mm-hmm. me because I would like to be able to get out of this because I have some no. scary films on my list of doom. No, you've had you had some good movies on your list of doom, like Kill Bill. Yes, like Schindler's some, List. I mean, you had Schindler's List. There's gonna come a point. But you did have when teeth we start too, getting so. to the crap. Teeth was good. Teeth was entertaining. Uh, I good movie. Do not need to see again or whatever you said. There That's, you go. See, it was a I'm, fun okay. episode to record. Yeah, too, it was. I fun. will say that much. Fun. All right. So, what? What film? is on the randomizer for Lisa's list of doom. What will our next episode be based on? Time to press the button. Oh, interesting. I've okay. I've always been intrigued by this. Um, I'm going to shame myself. So at least it's not I, a crap movie is what you're telling me. I don't think so. It depends you haven't on seen it either. No, no, I, I haven't. Um, I, I'm actually kind of ashamed because I've seen a lot of the more recent ones of this, but I, have not really delved into the older James Bond movies. No. The Spy Who Loved Me, 1977, okay. is on Lisa's list of doom. So we will be delving into James Bond. Sorry, Richard, I don't like James Bond movies. Okay, so that'll be interesting at least. Neil yeah. loves James Bond. That's good. Maybe, maybe we can have a guest. <gasps> Come that on. Cool. You know, I could actually, I could probably reach out to my pal Richard and see if he wants to be the very first guest on the Civ list. Okay. I mean, I was talking, no offense. I, Richard, you zero offense. No, I'm I talking about Neil. Like you said, Neil. I'm like, oh, Neil, bring Richard up. Let's bring a both on. I have nothing to contribute to this, so let's do it. 
Richard, who's uh, got his love for James Bond built into his email address. So. Oh well, then by all means, Richard, please. Richard join us will know James Bond backwards forward. I feel so. like we're gonna do this zero justice without somebody that knows what the hell they're That's talking about when it comes true. to this. My first James Bond movie was Goldeneye, and I went from there. I never went backwards, only forwards. So. Oh, see, at least I've seen a couple. No, I haven't, and this is why I'm saying I'm sh I'm ashamed of myself. Uh, my best friend Joe, you know Joe, yeah. he has seen them all. He loves them. Like he has the whole collection. I'm like, I've always mean to watch these. I just oh, see, we got a couple of people we can call mm. and say, hey, you know, we could yeah. call Joe, we could call Richard, we could, could. ask Neil. We'll see we who's could. available and who's willing to join mm -hmm. the hack podcast that is. <laughs> Maybe we can get uh, a few people on here. I'll get them all on it, Skype and checking out. It could be interesting. It could the be the spy who loved me. <clears throat> so okay. Well, another episode in the can. I think we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. So we thank you for listening. And we, we will see you next time on The Sib List. I am Lisa Leahy. And I am Mark Passanelli. Adios. Copyright 2022 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbitholepodcasts.com.